0: well what is up all of our liberty loving friends out there this is another fantastic episode of the good morning liberty podcast although it's good afternoon liberty right now because it's not morning just in case you were wondering
1: you seem a little rushed do i feel rushed yeah you No, i'm just saying you seem a little rushed today okay your body language is is you you feel like you had to press a lot of buttons before this started and We have to get a little anxious or something.
0: We're live on five platforms right now. Syndicated, we're (laughs) we're self cross syndicated. And uh, (laughs) so we got to record. You got to go live on five platforms. I had to gather up about 10 different articles for us to talk about today while also researching the economic statistics behind a bunch of them. Making sure that we're controlling the video for all of the live platforms while we're switching between three different cameras while we're recording this. Doing some day trading. Doing some day trading. Uh, Oh, actually, I have a price point on that. Oh, it's actually at the price point I was waiting for right now. I'm not going to do it. We're live. We won't do it. It's fine. It's at the price point. I know. you want me to literally take a trade right now while we're on, while we're doing the podcast? (laughs) No, I don't feel like that's very financially responsible. So yeah, this is good morning Liberty. You know, just so you guys know, we've been around for quite some time, but when we first started, the very first thing that we started doing were live Facebook videos every single morning, Charlie would go live in the morning and then I would go live in the morning and we would separately separately and we would talk for 10 or 15 minutes and just discuss whatever was going on in politics and so that's why we called it good morning liberty because it was something that you could go and watch live on facebook every single morning and it is a genius idea you're right uh but that's you know obviously we've kept the name and it's not necessarily morning right now but hey it's got an, it's morning
1: somewhere it's morning somewhere right now well it is and look yeah. podcasts are they're on demand so yeah. if you're listening on the podcast you might listen to on your morning commute and therefore good morning.
0: Yes. Good morning you know, to everyone who it is in fact morning for you right now.
1: But as Trump said in our interview with him that liberty is so good, it doesn't even need a good morning. You don't need to say good morning don't to it. don't need to say good night to it. Yeah. You don't seem, yeah, it's just liberty. <laughs> so I, I went
0: and saw that movie Just Mercy last night. Have you seen that yet? I haven't. I have like
1: five movies I want to go see right now. Yeah,
0: it was a, it was pretty good. It was a little slow for about the first two hours or so. Um, But then it it got really good. And, um, you know, it's very eye-opening about the entire criminal justice system, which is something that we talk about a lot anyway on the podcast. But very eye-opening about the death penalty, about people who get public defenders. Uh, That was one of the main things I took away from it as they were trying to let me know just how racist the entire world was, which I get it. That they were in Alabama, this was in the early 90s, late 80s. Um, definitely worse than it is now, probably. The movie definitely had very strong theme the whole time. All of the people in prison were black. All of the guards and the police officers were all white. Um, so the, very much that type of dichotomy for the entire movie. But it was very eye-opening in one thing. They all complained about how their public defenders, their court-appointed defenders, did a terrible job. They were basically just pushing through paperwork, told them to you know, take a plea deal for however many years or basically didn't do any work for them at all. And it, so for that whole time, I was thinking about how interesting it is if you were to look at the statistics for conviction rates for private defenders versus public defenders. You know, a public defender is just something provided to someone who doesn't have the money to afford it, So the government takes care of the cost for you and appoints someone to take care of you.
1: But that person works for the government. Yeah. And the government's against you.
0: Yeah. Well, they're not, you know, (laughs) technically, they're getting paid by the government. They're, you know, that's, that's how it works.
1: Yeah. It's just,
0: can you find any similarities in what I just said, where um, you're too poor to afford something that someone is charging money for? So therefore the government provides it for you And it turns out it's well known that those people do a terrible job compared to the people in the private industry. Most like it's it's yeah, most of them. I'm not saying all the public defenders are terrible. Look,
1: and then you can't even really blame them because their caseloads. I mean, they have so many cases they can't even keep everything straight. I mean, those guys are on a minimal salary, obviously, because it's being paid by the government. So they're not making big lawyer bucks like everybody else is. And they've got, you know, a caseload that would take you know, probably five lawyers to go through. Yeah. And yet they have to accept it. There's no way. Not not, many people want to be public defenders.
0: They're not going to be able to do investigations (coughs) like you see on TV. They're not going to really be able to provide an accurate defense. Their main job is to try and get some type of a plea deal. Uh, It said um, for public defenders, 5% of the cases actually go to trial. All of the other ones are plea bargains in some kind of way. 5% of them actually go to trial. So you've got this this clear indication of the government for, I don't know how long they've been doing this now, I guess since the government was formed, I would assume, um, they've been providing you with some type of a defense, but they're doing it, you can see clearly that they are very, very terrible compared to the private market. And it's purely based on incentives. It's all incentives. Mm -hmm. What is the incentive? For the public defender who's got a hundred other people lined up, is going to get a straight up amount of money regardless of what happens uh, in the outcome of the case. Uh, that you're just going to get you're going to get paid. It doesn't matter the, the the government, the court's going to keep using you all the time. You remove the incentive to actually do a good job at your job, and somehow the government in every other industry, we talk about healthcare and education and whatever, we seem to want to just go ahead and extend this out into all aspects of life. And I can't understand the need to do that. I don't understand that yet.
1: Yeah. Everything the government does is terrible. Yeah. In fact, Georgia is, uh, scheduled to kill someone tonight on death row. Are they, despite having zero physical evidence and no DNA evidence, although his team of lawyers has repeatedly tried to get the DNA tested, which they've been denied really to try to exonerate him. And then of course they did, uh, the courts denied his his uh appeal mm. so yeah they're gonna go ahead and kill a guy in georgia tonight that's not now, good look he may have done it yeah he might have killed his wife and her boyfriend that it yeah. possibly could have happened yeah reminds me of shawshank redemption that reminds me of oj simpson yeah yeah well he just killed his <laughs> wife though no not, another not guy the, not, oh really yeah Oh yeah! <laughs> wow, there's a lot to learn on yeah. that. I didn't. I didn't watch the special.
0: I'm literally watching the OJ Simpson TV, Simpson TV show right now. I as, thought you were working. We're, yeah, I've been working on this conversation <laughs> about the criminal justice system, so I was trying
1: to do some research. You're, you're getting research.
0: Yeah, so I was trying to get some research done, and and um, you know, I I just. It's so crazy to me because so many people just say in the minority community, the indigent people, if you, if you would say, anyone in, those, in that realm of life will clearly say that the criminal justice system is terrible, that the public defense doesn't care about you whatsoever, they're just shuffling paper, paperwork. And where do you get the desire to want the government to take care of everything else for you too? Right. I don't understand
1: it. The housing, healthcare.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, healthcare Dude. is the number one thing that I, that I think about there. I mean, right. it's just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And one of the most disturbing statistics, which I looked up and is true at the end of the movie, it says one out of every nine people that gets the death penalty is, is proven innocent. That is, a, that is an alarming statistic. I don't know what that is, 15%, 13, I don't know, 13%, something like that. That's, that's, that's too many. It's too many percents last last time I looked. That's why you
1: shouldn't kill him. Yeah. That's why,
0: you know, you know, it's just, it's the government. We all talk all day about how inefficient and terrible the government is at everything, that they mess up everything they try to do, that they can't run things properly. And then it's just so weird, and conservatives, I'm sorry, they drive me nuts on this, because there's a couple aspects well they'll where they'll be like, "Oh no, the government is perfect, and there's no way they would ever mess anything up. You're insane." Like you you talk about how how terrible and tyrannical governments can be when it comes to, you know, fifty different aspects of life, and then it comes to uh, bombing other countries. Or putting people to death and you're like, oh, there's, there's no way they would ever mess that up. The government does everything freaking perfectly. What are you talking about? It just it, it doesn't make any sense to me that either the government is terrible, and inefficient at the things that it
1: does, or it isn't. And you'll see here in a personal example, we're going to go over Kobe Bryant's letter. Yeah. A personal example of how if you do just provide for everyone, they end up losing their way. Like you are stealing from them. Their own ambition. You are stealing from them their own wants, their own desires, because as you'll see in this letter coming up, what's happened to a guy who just passed away on Sunday in a terrible helicopter crash. We haven't covered that, actually. We didn't talk about it. Yeah, but uh, but Kobe Bryant, uh, he has a letter to my younger self, and it just shows you that if government or your personal family or whoever it is, if you just provide for them. You're stealing all incentive, all ambitions, all dreams, every, you strip everything away from them that, uh, that they don't have their own lives anymore. All the great things
0: that make life amazing and meaningful and can actually build your self-esteem, your, your self-worth, the things
1: that re- require you to put in the hard work, to be proud of yourself, of what you've done and what you've accomplished. You take all those away. Then at the end of the day, what, what do you have left to be proud of? I don't Why, know. What, what purpose do you have? What meaning do you have for your life?
0: Yeah. So it was, a, it's a, it's a great letter. Do you want to read it? You want me to read
1: it? I can go over this. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> we posted this on our website today. Uh, so after his storied MBA career, but before his tragic death at the age of 41, Kobe Bryant wrote a letter to himself, his 17 year old self to be precise, By this time, Bryant had accumulated five NBA championship rings and a net worth of six hundred and eighty million dollars. He wasn't a billionaire yet, though, so we weren't mad at him, but it wasn't just material things Bryant had acquired. The Black Mamba had also collected a lot of wisdom, which was evidenced in his letter titled Letter to My Younger Self. Here's what the former Laker star wrote. Dear 17-year-old self, when your Laker dream comes true tomorrow, you need to figure out a way to invest in the future of your family and friends. This sounds simple, and you may think it's a no-brainer, but take some time to think on it further. I said invest. I did not say give. Let me explain. Purely giving material things to your siblings and friends may appear to be the right decision. You love them and they were always there for you growing up. So it's only right that they should share in your success and all that comes with it. So you buy them a car, a big house, pay all of their bills. You want them to live a beautiful, comfortable life, right? But the day will come when you realize that as much as you believed you were doing the right thing, you were actually holding them back. You will come to understand that you were taking care of them because it made you feel good. It made you happy to see them smiling and without a care in the world. And that was extremely selfish of you. While you were satisfied with yourself, you were slowly eating away at their own dreams and ambitions. You were adding material things to their lives, but subtract, subtracting the most precious gifts of all independence and growth. Understand that you are about to be the leader of the family. And this involves making tough choices. Even if your siblings and friends do not understand them at the time, invest in their future. Don't just give. Use your success, wealth, and influence to put them in the best position to realize their own dreams and find their true purpose. Put them through school, set them up with the job interviews and help them become leaders in their own right. Hold them to the same level of hard work and dedication that it took for you to get where you are now and where you will eventually go. I'm writing you now so that you can begin this process immediately and so that you don't have to deal with the hurt and struggle of weaning them off of the addiction that you facilitated. That addiction only leads to anger, resentment, and jealousy from everybody involved, including yourself. And think of this this is a personal story, personal family, the Bryant family, Kobe Bryant, worth six hundred and eighty million, so obviously you can afford to buy everybody a house and cars, pay all their bills. Yep. But but think about what it actually leads to his own family. It led to them being addicted, to him taking care of everything. And then if he tried to wean them off, that addiction that they had, it led to anger, resentment, and jealousy. So what do you think happens when the government yeah. takes care of all of your stuff for I
0: him? know. I mean, I know I know. Kobe definitely wasn't trying to be political with this statement, but it's still a great philosophical point of view. I mean, I, I, even especially the part where he said that you're just feeding their addiction and it would eventually lead to anger and resentment and jealousy for everybody involved. I mean, that's, that's an amazing point and it's an amazing realization from, from someone who was a multimillionaire and probably took care of a lot of his his family members. And it's something that we should all think about and consider when we, when we think about taking care of other people, you have to ask yourself, what is actually best for the people that I care about? What's really best for them? Now, we all wanna take care of people, make sure that, I mean, we wanna make sure our family members aren't homeless or something like that. We wanna make sure we can do everything we can for them. But do you actually want to just make it to where they don't ever have to work throughout their entire lives? Is that what's actually best for your, for your family members? Is it best for anyone that you care about? To actually do that to lead them to a life where they don't need to produce value for their fellow man is that the is that the life that you suggest for people that you care about and what would your society look like if everyone took on that mentality that they should not have to provide value for other people that they should be free to live off of someone else's productivity And never have to actually grow and succeed and thrive
1: for themselves. It's it's very important. What he says next here, as time goes on, you will see them grow independently and have their own ambitions and their own lives. And your relationship with all of them will be much better as a result. So the essence is people need to be free and independent to pursue their own dreams. And when you... For lack of a better word, when you coddle them, let's say, and you do things for them that they themselves can do, you take their dreams away from them. Yeah. You are stealing from them. You're stealing from them their own purpose, their own dreams, their own ambitions. And they're not all they could be because of that. And so when we talk on this show about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning, it's because the freer you are as a person, the more independence that you have the more things that you can do for yourself the better you are the 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 charlie or the nate or the john or the sarah that you could become can manifest itself and then you are who you should be for the world yeah and if we continue down this path of government taking care of healthcare and they're taking care of housing and they're taking care of food and i get that people sometimes need help and they need uh Things to survive. But the more we get them addicted to those types of things, the worse our society will become. And that's what you have. Because we won't get the full potential of everybody.
0: That's what you have to treat it as. As an an addiction. We we have to consider... Uh, we, we have to consider that these people are becoming addicted to this and, and the cycle of welfare that happens where you have generation after generation that is dependent on the government welfare and whether or not you're keeping those generations locked in a cycle of dependency on the government and being dependent on who the president or who's going to be in Congress, who, who's going to be running the agencies, like, is that really the best course for life for people or is it that you develop a system where the most amount of people can find a way to grow out of that and thrive and i don't think the welfare system does that i th- i think it removes the incentives for you to become what you could be it keeps you locked down in this situation where you really don't have to get out of it and you're never forced to get out of it and human beings whether we want to, whatever we want to, admit it or not, we all require some type of incentive to get out of bed in the morning, to leave our house, to get off the couch and stop watching Netflix. We need some type of incentive. And the, the welfare system, all of these free things that are paid for with your tax money, or through the price of your goods that you then can't afford. All those things do nothing to actually help people get out of that cycle. That's why we talk about the things we do on this podcast, because we are actually interested in addressing the real problem and getting people in the position where they can actually help themselves and they can actually grow out of the need for dependence on the government. These people who preach that we need to help people and keep them dependent on the government and that welfare numbers going up is a good thing and success for welfare are doing the exact opposite thing that needs to happen for those people. They're keeping them locked in. They're keeping them held down. They're keeping them dependent. They're keeping themselves in the position of being your master. So you are dependent on them. So you have to keep them in power throughout your entire life. And it really only ever benefits them. And that's what people actually need to realize. Hopefully, hopefully sometime they will. So,
1: uh, and it's why our message, we actually do care about the most amount of people.
0: Yeah. We're not selfish. Libertarianism is the most compassionate ideology that there is. is. If you, if you measured by the need to actually help people on a long-term basis and make their lives better, libertarianism is the most compassionate ideology that there is. It just, it just is. Yeah. The liberal philosophy, leftism, socialism is the most, whatever the dispassionate ideology that there is. It's the opposite of what it claims to be. It hurts the people that, it's act, that it says it's going to help. And so, you they can feel good about doing it, just like Kobe Bryant said, it's selfishness, It's so you can feel good about saying that you helped someone, yeah, when you're actually not doing anything to help them.
1: Um, and and again, we're not saying never help anybody, like if somebody's in a pickle, yeah, which you get in from time to time, especially with vinegar because that's how you make pickles, that's yeah. Um, but good one, Dad. <laughs> you know, I told my girlfriend Stephanie, I was like, look something happens like you become a dad. And then all of a sudden those jokes just come, they kind come of know just a free flow. Dad I'm, jokes. I, all never the time. Knew, I never knew them before.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um I tell a lot of dad jokes. My, my wife thinks that, you know, I've probably got some kids somewhere that she doesn't know about because my dad jokes are on point. They are. They're
1: real good. You got them puns rolling, man. So good. Okay. Well, I was, I was going to finish. I kind of got go sidetracked. Yeah, go but ahead. I was going to finish up that thought by saying that when you take away from somebody, When you take away from somebody something that they can do themselves, uh, what you do is you strip away their ability to grow. Yeah. And if they don't grow, if you don't go through some things in life and grow, then you never learn. And if you never learn, you never get to become the person that you need to be, that society needs you to be. Well, there's a
0: reason that, say, when you're taking care of an older person who needs help. Yeah. There's a reason that there's a general rule that if they can do something themselves, then you need to let them do it. Because if you start doing everything for them, even if they could do it for themselves, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's, if it's put on their socks, or if it's, I don't know, whatever it is, make their own food or or get up out of bed by themselves. You need to let them do that because if you don't, you kill all of the meaning and the purpose for them to even exist. Well, and they start to deteriorate. Yeah. They just, they give up at that, at that time. Mm -hmm. So it's when they can still do things for themselves that they will actually keep going and they'll actually still have the will to, to survive. And that, I mean, that's a rule for people who are really old. And I think it, Transcends all the way down to people who are really young,
1: and we talk about this in in relevance to healthcare because that's obviously the target of the the supreme left, let's call them <laughs> our supreme <laughs> leaders. Yes, <laughs> that they that that you know healthcare is a right and everybody deserves Medicare for all. And it's like, look, there's no doubt that healthcare is a problem. There's no doubt that it's too expensive. There's no doubt that there's people out there that have medical problems that need help that they can't afford it. It's too expensive. They can't get the treatments they need. It's too expensive for the surgery too expensive for the medication that's all true but the worst thing you can do for society as a whole is give them free health care yeah for, well free free health care we're live so i can do this now free free health care that's the worst thing you can do and you know we should work on actual solutions that make it cheaper yeah and when your back's against the wall what kind of person do you become to, to do the things you need to do.
0: I have yet to find something the government has taken over that has become cheaper I'd, or better I'd, or better, cheaper yeah. or better. Nope. Someone tell me something I've been asking people for months now and not just the American tell government, any government anywhere, yeah. Yeah. tell me something. The government took over and it got cheaper and better. What, what, what is it? Oh, I can't think of one thing. So I should trust my freaking life on your bet that this is the first time the government's ever going to do something cheaper and better. You're going to make that bet on my life for me. Thank you. Thank you for doing
1: that. Well, we democratically chose. Yeah. You know, it's not tyranny that way.
0: As long as fifty point zero 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 one percent of the people decided to bet my life on the idea that the government can do a good job, then I guess that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about a state government real quick.
1: Well, first, uh, got to talk about our first sponsor, which is all of you guys, by the way. I decided to put this in the middle of the show today. Mid-roll. So before we go on to the next article, you guys need to help us. uh, I'm sorry, we're from Tennessee. (laughs) Y'all need to help us support the show. Nate, how can they support this show?
0: Well, the thing is, it's not even exactly that they're supporting the show because you do it through our website, but it's not really as if you're supporting the show because what you're going to be doing is supporting your ideology. You're going to be supporting your ideas. You'll be supporting Liberty. Now, we've made, it, we've made it possible for you to go to a support the show link through gmlconnect.com. Click on support the show. And what you can do is you can choose three, five, 10, 20 bucks on there. You can choose the monthly donation. You'll get a merch item for doing it. So we lose money directly. Just immediately we lose money on this. And then we'll email back and forth. And we will run a Facebook ad on the topic that you care about, whether it's taxation, something pro-liberty, the Second Amendment, a video that you really like, something like that. We will run an advertisement on Facebook. Our reach for the last month was about 1.3 million people. We will run an ad on Facebook for the thing that you care about. So yeah, you're supporting the show because it's it's our Facebook page that the ad's coming from. So people are gonna see that. But you're actually supporting your ideology. You're actually helping get this message out in front of as many people as you possibly can. It's a lot better than just talking about this stuff and whining about it and just, and just hoping that the right people get in power or the right information gets put out there by someone, hopefully. And what you can actually do is you can take an article, that explains uh how scandinavian socialism is uh not even a real thing um how the taxes in denmark for corporations are 22 percent or the middle class taxes are 60 percent or everyone pays a 24 percent sales tax on everything that they buy you can run an article on that and you can get that information out in front of the people who need to, we'll run it directly to people who support Bernie Sanders if you want to. We're literally only Bernie Sanders supporters will see this article that points out the five things that Bernie Sanders doesn't want you to know about Scandinavian socialism. So, anyway, you can go to gmlconnect.com and click on support the show and do that donation. We'll run some Facebook ads, we'll get liberty out there in front of the right people.
1: And all we're asking for is as little as uh, you know, your your delicious mocha, mocha choca frappa latte at Starbucks, you know? So just skip one of those for the day and just give us the $5. I, don't I can't
0: go without my mocha choca frappa latte.
1: There's just no way. Yeah, you can for one day. Okay. Just make a regular cup of coffee at home. Okay. You know, and pour a bunch of creamer in it. Yeah. And it tastes the same.
0: Okay. Okay. You know, and Choke, give us. It puts like a chocolate bar in it too. Something yeah. like that. Okay. Put some mocha in there, whatever. Yeah. Experiment. Maybe. Maybe yeah. you'll
1: find something you like. Okay anyway and, cool. and then give us the five dollars plus you get a merch item there it's great merch
0: you'll get a hat says make taxation yeah. theft again or you can get a shirt says i do we got a bunch of shirts on there yeah. and i mean there's all kinds of options so you're getting the value for it plus you're actually getting your ideology out there so GMLConnect.com. click on support the show support support all right, what's the, up next the mother freaking show um so hey What's up, Moose? Sorry, there's a... So anyway, the California gig economy law. We haven't talked a lot about the gig economy lately. Um, But, you know, I wanted to point out that state governments can obviously be very tyrannical too. We want to make everything as local as possible. It doesn't mean you should take your guard down because a state government uh, can be just as bad as the federal government. The only better thing about a state government is it's easier to leave your state, which is what California is finding
1: out. In New York and Illinois. In New York (laughs) and
0: Illinois and all the other places that decide that you can raise taxes as much as you want. And everyone is apparently locked in by a fence that goes around your state and they can't leave. Right. That's not actually what happens at all. Uh, So we have a new story from Fox Business. We can play. It says California's Assembly Bill 5, a piece of legislation that drastically limits freelancers and gig workers is causing Californians to consider moving to other states now that the law has been in effect for nearly a month. Freelancer Amanda Lauren told Fox Business that AB5 is one of several reasons that she and her husband are considering leaving California. The law limits her to 35 stories per outlet per year. A cap, she says, is way too low. There is a law in California for freelance writers limiting her to the amount of stories per outlet per year that she is allowed to write. That seems insane. Let that soak in for you. This is an actual law. This is not proposed. It's been signed. Okay. Yeah. She says, I love it here. I don't want to leave, but at the same time, I have to think logically and it gives me another reason to move. The new law, superheaded by Assemblywoman Lauren Gonzalez, attempts to force companies to offer Californians full-time jobs and traditional benefits instead of gig work. But instead, the law makes life harder for freelancers who choose that path because of motherhood or medical challenges or just because you want the freedom of, of doing whatever you want. About two years ago, I this is from Lauren, about two years ago, I broke my back just when I started writing for a major publication. They had no idea what happened because I was able to work from home and go to my medical appointments. Over the summer, I had several medical procedures that took up a lot of my time, but I was able to work, able to live my life. Uh, then there's a Hawaii resident and retired freelancer, Albert uh, Lanier, found himself in the situation that was opposite of Lawrence. I was looking to move this year to California and return to freelancing. I was beginning to make plans last year when I found out about AB5 had to put my plans on hold and then after ab5 passed in september of 2019 i canceled my plans to move so it's yeah. You know, i'm going to play this news story from fox real quick and we can hear them talking to some of these people but this is this completely insane and we'll go through some of the rules that are in ab5 that are taking over the gig economy and if you don't know what the gig economy is i don't i don't know how that's you know how that's possible but any of these freelance things, or if you're working for Uber or for Lyft or you're a freelance writer, like these people are, if you're doing work on an independent contractor basis, then you're part of the gig economy. If you do not have traditional employment that you're going to. So, all right, we're going to run this story from Fox Business. Apologize to the people on TikTok who will not be able to see it or hear it, but hey, um, you can go to Facebook or one of our other pages, Instagram, something like that, and uh, and or just no, get over. And what's
2: actually becoming big issue these days, also, and that's the gig economy. And that is Alexandra. Hi, thanks for taking Hello. my question. Um, I'm a full time freelance writer and photographer, so the gig economy is near and dear to my heart. I have two questions for you. Um, is do you think the gig economy is ultimately a good thing, and do you think the U.S. workforce is
1: heading towards an entire gig economy in the future?
2: Uh, first of all, I love the gig economy, and it's not just Uber, right? I mean, it's freelance riders, it's babysitters, right? So it's been with us for a long time. It's mushroomed into something that's formidable uh, and certainly helping people to, to pay their bills. The problem, though, is that there's a major backlash against it. You know, California is more or less declared war against uh, uh, against the, the gig economy, uh, and then Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, has done the same thing. I think in Detroit they're doing this around this country. They're making it tough for people to go out and hustle. Now, when I grew up in my neighborhood, we used to call it scrambling, right? And I loved it because someone who worked at the post office used to sell like you know, stuff like hot dogs out their first floor window, right? Or someone, you no, know, people have more than one gig, right? Because you had to hustle. But again, in my neighborhood, it was scrambling. So I, I always admired scramblers. Like right now, I've got about seven gigs if you add them all up. Um, I'm concerned the government may ruin it. I am really, con- I don't get it. And you know, I think some of the politicians who are trying to force uh, gig workers to join unions. Some of it is protecting established businesses in New York City. You know, the, the medallions in New York City for the,
0: Okay. So there's one really important thing that he said in there. And uh, the last thing he said, which was that some of these laws are trying to force people to join unions. How much money do you think the unions put in to get this law passed? Right. I mean, I mean, legitimately, if you were to look into campaign contributions from unions towards the people who voted for this. I bet it's astronomical.
1: Or they want to force companies to hire these people and pay them benefits and yeah. health insurance and all that, but it's like these people don't want like they don't want it. I know. And I don't want to do it.
0: That's the that's the whole point. That's the whole point of doing it is getting the freedom. One of the best things is you're not you're not required to work a certain amount of hours. You're not required to wake up at a certain time or that even you don't have to do any work if you don't want any money today or something like that like you don't have to do anything it's it's complete freedom for your
1: actual income your kid has a doctor's appointment that you want to go to you don't have to leave work yeah You, you work from home you get to take care of your kids or maybe your mom is sick or something like this whole idea that the that the state can just control this and then even control how many articles somebody does. That's insane.
0: It's absolutely
1: insane.
0: She, I bet what I would do if I were her, and I'm sure this is already going on, she should be writing and then selling those to other writers so they can then sell them to the publication. So I bet they have like a lot of ghost writing going on over there where she's getting around that 35 writer or 35. Yeah, just come uh, up with pseudonyms. Yeah, just a bunch. Yeah,
1: just do that. And- One thing at the end of this article that I love that this just tells you what happens with government. Um, the purpose of AB, AB5 is to define and more uh is to define and more clearly classify independent contractors. Many hoped that this bill would encourage fair pay and access to benefits for gig economy workers. Well, this is what politicians always do yeah this is what they they pass things and hope and to say this is what our intention is this is for we're looking out for you yeah and guess what as uh, thomas Sowell always says or milton Friedman, i can't remember which one but we have to judge policies based on what they actually do
0: oh that's not, not what they
1: not what their intentions are yeah doesn't matter what your intentions are companies don't care i don't care i'm not going to hire you i'm not going to pay you full time i'm not going to pay you benefits because i don't have to Guess what? I can get my stories from somebody in, in Utah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't have to, you don't have to be my freelance writer anymore. Yeah. I, got, I got somebody over there in uh, France. They're way better at English than you are anyway, and people tend to like their articles. So I'm going to go with them. <laughs> there's, like there's always a way around this garbage that these politicians try to do, it, supposedly at your
0: benefit. And I'm sorry, it's not. And I realize they can use this idea as we're going to help people with their wages and benefits. I'm telling you, it's the unions that put this law in place because the unions are losing to people who are not in unions, who are able to charge a lower rate and be happy with it. Still, they're losing that dues money. They're losing all of that money. And so here's some of the rules. And I'm going to come at this from someone who I, I drove for Uber for two years. And so I'm going to Um, We'll talk about that here in a second. According to the bill, a worker must be classified as an employee unless the following three conditions are met. The person is free from the control and direction of hiring entity in connection with the performance of the work, both under the contract for the performance of the work and in fact. The person performs work that is outside the usual course of hiring into these business. The person is customarily engaged in an independently established trade occupation or business or the same nature as that involved in the work performed. So the first one, this is something a lot of Uber drivers had an issue with. The thing that happens with Uber, there's a rating system. This is why Uber and Lyft were able to get too big or so big as the rating system allowed people to review how their drivers were, to review their experience. That's something that you couldn't do in a taxi. You could not leave a rating for your driver immediately after you got out. So the entire idea is that drivers who get a very, very low rating are no longer allowed to drive on the platform, okay? And so what happened is the people, some of the drivers, the ones who couldn't keep their rating high enough or the ones who were uh, actually working for unions, came in and said, hey, you can't knock us off of this platform because we got low ratings. That means that our pay is connected to our performance, which means that we're an employee of you. And that means you have to treat us as if we're an employee. And the problem is your, your ability to work is not necessarily this does not mean that you're in an employee your ability to work for someone and what i mean by this is imagine that you hire a contracting company to work on your house imagine you hire a drywall company and maybe you're a construction i don't know maybe maybe you're a general contractor and you're working on a hundred houses and you have this drywall crew that you hire and they come in and they do 20 houses for you and you get feedback from the 20 houses and they say, these guys did a terrible job on on our house. And as the contractor, the person who's booking the jobs. So you're Thurston Homes here. Thurston Homes, GML Homes, um, which I'm sure you'll give me 10% of, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, GML Homes, well, we've got 80 more houses. I've got 20 reviews from these previous houses that said this drywall company is terrible. So therefore, I'm not going to offer them any more work through my company. I'm going to go with these other people who are saying that they will do drywall. And I'm going to give them a shot. And if the people are happy with the work that they're performing, then I will keep booking them for jobs. This is exactly what's happening on Uber. It's the exact same thing. And what the people who are arguing this stance for AB5 or for the Uber drivers are saying is that if you're that general contractor and the drywall company that you had come into those 20 houses did a terrible job, if you decide to not use them on the rest of your houses, then that means that they were employees of your company and that you need to be giving them benefits because their work is tied to their performance. That's not how independent contracting works. It means that even though they did a terrible job, you should be forced to hire them for the rest of your houses. It's a completely ridiculous idea. It's a completely ridiculous idea. And so what happens on Uber, see, they are, You can say a middleman, yet they built this entire infrastructure and this app. Apps are very expensive to build, by the way. If you've never tried to build one, we've looked into it, especially one as complicated as Uber. Uh, Millions and millions of dollars to build this. Okay. The workers did not pull together and go to an app company and have them build this app. Okay. Someone else did. So weird. Yeah. Someone else did. The app didn't magically appear on the store for all the people to use it. Okay. (laughs) That's, That's not what happened. So anyway, what's happening is a person you need a ride they go to uber and they say uber i need a ride and so uber says okay well i've got a lot of people here who say that they give people rides and so i'm going to offer it to whoever's closest to you and if they take it then that's the person that's
1: going to give you a ride it's their choice like you're not forced to take that ride.
0: no you're not forced to take the the ride. company's not saying like you have to take the ride now one thing that happens on lyft is if you don't take a certain percentage of the rides, then Lyft will stop offering you the rides. And that's another argument that these people are making. Though you're, You are forced to take some rides because you have to keep your percentage up. You're not really forced because if you don't want to do the work, you don't have to make yourself available to do the work, really. Um, that means you were online and you were denying the rides while you said you were available.
1: It's like hiring so, a drywall company that says, yeah, we can do the drywall. Yeah. And then they just don't show up to do it.
0: So how many times after the, <laughs> after the drywall company continually say, they say, hey, we want to do drywall. And you're like, hey, this person needs drywall. They're like, no. And then you just keep doing that over and over again. Eventually, you're going to stop calling them. And does that mean that they were an employee or that you fired them or that they needed benefits or they needed something like that, they need unemployment now from you because you're not hiring them anymore? No, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So what Uber does is once someone, just say those drywallers have had 20 terrible reviews or their rating has gone down really low, Uber says, um, I'm not going to send you any more of these jobs. We're because not going to R for you, you anymore. Got a track record of performing the terrible service for the people that I'm saying I will give a ride to Don't say
1: perform. <laughs> perform. <laughs> don't say perform.
0: <laughs> Whatever it is, fulfilling this contract that someone
1: yeah, is Yeah, you're not holding up your end ride. of the bargain. Yeah. So I'm not going to ask you to do it anymore. Your end of the contract states that you will give a good ride. Yeah. That's it. And if you don't do it, then I'm not going to let you do it anymore. So this this
0: idea is just it's insane. It's bad for California. It's bad for the gig workers in California. They're seeing the outcome of it. People are going to leave. They never understand that people will leave. They don't They don't think it's possible, but they've got a very high net out migration number and they're just completely ignoring it. They're, they're, they think that it has nothing to do with taxation. It has nothing to do with the amount of people that work in the gig economy. It has nothing to do with property taxes or housing prices or anything like that. Nope. It's just purely because they felt like going somewhere. It's just, I don't understand how they, how they don't get it. It makes yeah. no sense.
1: Yeah. These people, they're not just going to take it on the chin, right? It's their, it's their livelihood. Like, yeah. And look, California weather, it's, it's fantastic, you know, and especially in the LA, San Diego type of area, right? um many parts of california are absolutely beautiful and stunning uh but you have those places elsewhere too yeah where you can actually work yeah you can do your job and new york and illinois will figure out the exact same thing yep if you look at the three states where people are leaving the most it's new york california and illinois yep and there's a reason for all of that and people was like oh no that's not the reason that's not the reason (laughs) there's no way that could be the reason there's no correlation between that no so yeah actually
0: there is speaking of illinois Speaking of them, we have an article from Illinois uh, for for all of our Illinois friends. Do you want to Do you want to go over this at yeah, all? Yeah, they
1: passed Illinois passed the uh, recreational marijuana. They did. They not did. without a fee though. No. Guess what they're doing. So listen to this. This comes from <laughs> Illinoispolicy dot org. Uh, Illinois cannabis taxes among the nation's highest could keep black market thriving. Imagine that, huh? Springfield lawmakers have yet to learn the lesson that money walks. And it's not just two other states. Sometimes it walks past the legal dispensary with a 40% tax rate and into a dealer's house. <laughs> Look, they're offering a better deal, man. Yeah. Illinoisans awoke to a brand new industry on New Year's Day with legal recreational marijuana sales coming online January 1st. Lines were long, really long, by the way. My family still lives there taking pictures. Enthusiasts celebrated. Dispensaries cleared more than $10 million in sales in the very first week. I guess they're not that poor. Yeah. At the same time, images of customers' receipts were spreading across social media. Wait, taxes are how much? Even in Illinois, which financial forecasting service Kiplinger dubbed the least tax-friendly state in the nation, weed buyers had sticker shock.
0: Luckily, Uh, they weren't worried about it for very long.
1: No. Of the 10 states... (laughs) I just got that. Yeah. Once they hit the blunt, (laughs) they forgot about it. Of the 10 states with legal recreational marijuana regimes, (laughs) Illinois is home to the second highest tax burden on retail sales, according to a review of state and local statutes. In Chicago's, customers will pay up to 41.25% in taxes on some marijuana products after factoring a soon-to-be-passed Cook County excise tax. That total doesn't even include a 7% state wholesale tax further up the supply chain, which will be passed down to consumers through higher prices. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. That's essentially a VAT tax, right? Yeah, pretty much. Compare that with neighboring Michigan, where the total tax on recreational marijuana is 16% across the board. Ah, We'll just go over to Michigan. Yeah. We'll save ourselves about 30%. So, (laughs) look, if you're buying weed for whatever, I don't know what weed prices are. It's like typically $50 an eighth or something like that. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You tell me, man. I've
1: never really bought it, (laughs) but, uh, if you're paying 40%, that means you're adding an extra $20.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So your $50 purchase becomes 70. Whereas in, um, in Michigan, you can hop on over there and you're going to pay about an extra seven bucks. What's
0: important in this is, is not necessarily exactly what's going on with weed in Illinois. You know, that's not, that's not the biggest thing in the nation, but, It's the principle. It's the entire idea. And it's the fact that in the beginning of the article, they they mentioned that it's leaving the black market thriving. And that's the point is that people are going to be as efficient with their dollars as they can, even though people spend money on a lot of dumb things. Like weed sometimes. But they're gonna be as efficient as they can if they can get something from a dealer for cheaper. And if that dealer can get it for less, and then they can sell it and make a profit, then this market's still going to exist. And this this plain and simple fact that Illinois has still not been able to grasp that you could make more money if if you had a lower price. You know, Walmart didn't make the money that they've made because they were well known for being the most expensive place to buy things in the world. That is not why Walmart became what they became. They charged, they make a penny off of a can of soup and they were able to turn that into five hundred and fifty gross pro- billion in gross profit per year. And the simple fact that taxes are a price that you pay people, that that you charge people for existing in your area. That is the price you charge people to exist in your area. And this idea that Illinois, California, New York, these other states have not realized yet is that you could make more money if you charged a lower price. It's a reason that Illinois has so much state debt, has so much in underfunded pensions, everything like that. And, you know, Tennessee doing okay. Not exactly the, you know, massive deficit that that uh, Illinois is running or anything like that. You know what's crazy? We don't have is any state
1: taxes. You even see this when like sports figures when they're restrict uh, unrestricted free agents and they're going to sign somewhere else and you have a state with no income tax offering them a position versus a state that has income taxes offering that actually weighs in. Like analysts yeah. analysts talk about this in the sports world. They're like, "Oh, well, clearly Matt Duchesne. For the nashville predators he's a hockey player by the way he's going to sign with the Nashville predators uh over the chicago blackhawks because in chicago you know he's got to pay you know 15 percent of his income to state in income tax and when you're getting paid six million dollars a year that's quite a lot yeah yeah uh, versus you could save that that much money uh which six million a year would equate to uh six hundred thousand would be ten percent right yeah jesus yeah, yeah jesus Lord. <laughs> so, so n- you're making six million a year you're going to pay uh upwards of almost a million dollars yeah on and your salary just, just in state taxes yeah uh whereas in tennessee well, you get to keep that you get to keep that now we do have a higher sales tax but it's not much higher and you only pay it when you buy things
0: what's funny a uh, personal story here my So my family, I grew up on a farm on my dad's side, and they also, they have a grocery store now in town. And when they discussed making marijuana legal in Illinois, my dad looked into growing or selling, opening up a dispensary. And he talked around town. He looked into what all the prices were going to be. He said, it's way too expensive to get in as a grower, first off. And then he also said what they charge you, all the regulations, all the fees on actually selling are insane. And then he said the taxes on top of that, that everyone in town knew that they were still just going to buy from their guy. That's literally what they said. He said, I, there's no point in me opening up a dispensary here so in town because he, everyone's going to buy it from their guy because it'll be cheaper. Did he send out a survey? <laughs> <laughs> he put the word out, put yeah. the word out on the street. You Essentially, know? yeah. They checked out what all the prices were, you know, see, see what it was going for and, and come to find out, um, everyone's still just going to get it from their guy. And I'm, I just don't understand
1: how they don't get this yet. It doesn't matter how good your legal Colombian Bam Bam is. It <laughs> doesn't matter how good it is uh so people are gonna go for the cheaper price yeah this is why black markets exist yep you can't i don't i don't understand how people just don't get it i don't either man how do you just not get it this stuff's crazy well hey. you know they sold 10 million dollars in the first week yeah well that'll go down yeah now once you purchase some you know legally and you got that receipt then you can just go to your dealer mm-hmm. like oh well this is yeah purchase look cop yeah look purchase legally here's my receipt just keep filling up your little prescription bottle with january 1st yeah you don't need prescription <laughs> bottles
0: it's recreational now yeah whatever it comes in I don't january
1: 1st know. oh you still have this much leftover yeah sure do just i don't <laughs> smoke very often i only smoke you know once a month maybe yeah and so i bought some on the first of the year it should last me all year
0: do we have time for this uh, aoc video <laughs> I've got all the time you need. You all man. the time in the world. Let's talk about AOC here. I don't for even know how
1: long we've been going.
0: She was given a speech. Um, at, I think it was an MLK Day event, and obviously talking about the evils of capitalism and how evil billionaires are, and and just just spewing out her vast knowledge of business and development and productivity that she just knows everything about in the world. So we'll we'll hear what she has to say um because i i don't know it's i always say that my head's going to explode it's never happened yet but this was close this was <laughs> close okay let's let's see. Felt, felt it exploding i think this has got a bunch of dramatic music in the background let's see here
2: why specifically does you know i'm i'm joe billionaire i made widgets i sold no nope. okay. those widgets i made billions of dollars you know selling those widgets, making those widgets, therefore those billions of dollars are mine. Why am I the enemy of health
1: Well, uh, you didn't make those widgets, did you? Mm -hmm. Because you employed Mm -hmm. thousands of people and paid Mm -hmm. them less than a living wage to make those widgets for Uh, you. mm
0: -hmm.
1: You didn't make those widgets. Mm -hmm. You sat on a couch, while thousands of people were paid modern-day slave wages, and in some cases real slave, real modern-day slavery, uh, depending on where you are in in terms of food production, Mm -hmm. um, you made that money off off the backs of undocumented people. Mm -hmm. You made that money off of the backs of um, black and brown people being paid off a living wage, under a living wage. You, Mm -hmm. You made that money off of the backs of single mothers and who, all of these people who are literally...
0: Okay, that's enough of that. So that's, apparently all the enough. billionaires just sit on a couch. That's what they do. anyone yeah. If you started a business, if, you're, if you've become productive in some kind of way and you're a business owner, you didn't build that, no. by the way. Mark Cuban. Y- you sat on a couch while, other, while thousands of people worked to produce whatever it was. Yeah. You, you didn't you, make those widgets. You didn't make those widgets. I love that always use widgets because a widget is just <clears throat> anything yeah. you want it to be.
1: Um, so I really wish I could sit on a couch right now. Yeah. Why are we sitting on a couch? I know we own this company and for some yeah. reason there's no couch for us. There's a severe lack what, of
0: couch in this room right now <laughs> yeah. and we're going to need to fix that.
1: And we need a thousand people to start making widgets for us.
0: Where are the thousand people that are showing up to do
1: this work yeah. for us? But you know what, if Paradexo you know? ever does become a billion-dollar company, which it will, and Good Morning Liberty, yeah, which we will, trillion-dollar company, actually, that's the goal. Yeah. Um, then, obviously, we'll be targeted as people mm-hmm. who sit on couches, and you know, all these people work for us and produce for us, and we just collect. We pay them slave wages, and uh, we just sit there and collect on our couch. Yeah. Must be a nice couch to sit there yeah. all, day, all day long. It's
0: better than doing anything, <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. It's a... It's... Uh,
1: and the people clap. I know for that. Do like, pro- you really think that's how it? That's how it is. That's how the world works.
0: It's what they want to believe. It's, it's so it's, disgusting. It's you know, it's people who are in a bad situation and they want someone to blame. And you have to have a villain. And it's obviously the business owners have become the villains in the scenario, and they need that. They need to blame someone else other than themselves. And it, it's very, very frustrating. It, it's very, very angering. And um, anytime I hear her talk, it's, it's very sad. Just very sad. Because this is what she thinks of people who own businesses. And she's got this, these blinders on where you look at Amazon. You look at Amazon and you see Jeff Bezos. And now you can say, well, must be nice to have those 600,000 people doing all the work for you while you become a multi-billionaire. That must be nice for you to be in that position. Man, that's great. You're not doing anything. Jeff Bezos can sit on the couch for the rest of his life and not have to do anything. And no one ever can remove their emotions for enough time to try and trace it back to what had to happen first for that to exist. No one can turn off their irrationality and their subjectivity, and their resentment long enough to trace this back to the beginning. And when Amazon started, 600,000 people did not join up in a group and put some money together and go build a bunch of Amazon fulfillment w- warehouses and all decide that they were going to do this with the company. What happened take was- Take out a loan and each be responsible for it. Take out some loans, take out the risk,
1: risk losing everything. Get the deal done for the venture capitalists to- to um. To invest. invest. In. Yeah. That's not what happened. Yeah, Amazon didn't just exist and then somebody picked Bezos to run it. No. It wasn't like this whole thing like just out of thin air, "Oh, here's Amazon. No. And Jeff Bezos, you're going to run it. Welcome to billionaire status."
0: Yeah. No, what never happened. What happened was Jeff Bezos probably worked his butt off because he's told a bunch of stories about it, some hilarious stories from when from when they were first starting about packing boxes you know, into the late hours of the night. Two o'clock in the morning. Two o'clock in the morning, packing boxes on his hands and knees, trying to fulfill the orders for Amazon. Where were the 600,000 people lining up outside his door to, to run that business for him since he did nothing? Where were those people? They were waiting for him to build it into something and to provide them a guaranteed wage. And somehow we've just completely forgotten this. We have lost the ability to trace this back to where it all started. And I, I don't know how you actually get back there, but we, we have to find a way to, I don't know, you gotta find, I keep arguing with these people on TikTok all the time. I made a video uh, just talking about how the workers didn't build the business. I understand that you can't, Amazon cannot be what it is today without the 600,000 employees that they have. I get it. But if, if you're going to be talk- I
1: don't know, in 10 years, it could be all robots. Probably
0: could be, if you're, <laughs> if, if you're going to be talking about business creation, if you're going to be talking about how to grow an economy, about how to, to make things work, about how to create new jobs, about how to have new innovations, then you have to have the mental capability to trace this back to its origin and how these things are actually created. And they keep stopping at the labor. You can't do it without the labor. There's no possible way you can do it without the labor. And I'm like, yeah, I get get that you have to have the labor right now, but which one had to happen first? Answer that question. Which one happened first? Did the 600,000 people create a bank account and put all that together and then invest a bunch of money and then build all of this stuff? Or did someone else have to take a risk and then they were able to build it into something where they could hire all these people. Which one had to happen first? And you have to be able to answer that if you're going to create any type of vision of growth for the future, which is something that socialism does not have the ability to do. Mm-mm. It doesn't do that at, at all. And that's the problem. This is evident in what she's saying. They have no ability to think towards the future at all. They take a snapshot in time and they pinpoint some villains and they have no idea of how to actually create things for the future at all. The villains that
1: sit on the couch. Yeah. Aren't couch, you, they're couch villains. Why aren't you sitting on the couch right now, man? What are you doing? I don't know. I don't even know why I'm even doing any of this work today. <laughs> I, pulled a,
0: uh, I pulled up a picture of Jeff Bezos, uh, their very first office for Amazon. Um, here's, here's Jeff Bezos in his office right there. You can see Amazon.com. Spray painted on a board hanging crudely on the wall. <laughs> Jeff Bezos had hair at this time, but somehow looks older than he is now. Um, with another guy, and, the, and this is them starting Amazon. Now, what you can't see is that he had 600,000 workers all offering him money to get his business going right outside this camera shot. Well, right actually, there.
1: they're in chains because yeah, they're slave wages they're <laughs>
0: enslaved waiting. For him to tell them what they can make—that's
1: that's what's happening yeah. right now.
0: What is that thing? Is that a computer? That's—I think that might be a spaceship. It's I'm a not monitor.
1: Really, it's actually an old, yeah. old wooden chip. Isn't it crazy that's a monitor? We giant. can look
0: at a computer monitor right now. I mean, that computer monitor—I'm pretty sure this desk would buckle under the weight of that computer monitor right there. It's I possible. don't think it would even hold it at all. Yeah. But this is this is what people don't ever. Think about this is what people can't comprehend. They can't trace it back to this moment in Amazon right there with them sitting in this crappy office with a spray painted Amazon sign. He probably had a bunch of boxes all around this desk. You can't see where he was packing them himself with him and this friend on their hands and knees trying to fulfill orders. Who is that other guy? Do we know? I don't know. I know it was him and a friend that like kind of started it. I'm pretty sure together, but I don't know. I don't and really honestly, know. Honestly, it just started out as a book a bookstore just college books yeah that's that's what they were doing hey
1: college books are too expensive instead of having to buy them on campus we'll sell them to you online
0: yeah yeah so
1: that's what they started as and they were like wow we got this whole retail thing down (laughs) we'll uh we'll ship everything to you yeah toothbrush comb (laughs) toothbrush shoes Oh, we'll let you try it on for seven days. And if you don't like it, send it back. We won't even charge you. Have you used that yet? Prime wardrobe. I just had a box here. Did you? Shipped it off today. (laughs) How is it? Awesome. I kept one thing. I kept a pair of shoes. I ordered like 10 items. Yeah. Kept one thing, sent sent the rest back. They're just going to charge me for the one thing I kept. Nice. And I got to try on stuff in the comfort of my own home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I tried on five different pairs of pants Sent them all back. (laughs) <laughs> um, not because they didn't fit size wise. I didn't like the way that they fit.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So I'm like, God, oh, I don't like this company then I'll choose a different yeah. company. Slavery. Yeah. Must be. <laughs> I'm going to send it back to the slaves that, yeah. that uh, built Amazon up. Yeah. You know, I'm going to send it back to them so that they could, uh, you know, slave away at restocking them for someone else to purchase.
0: It's just, I, I understand that it seems unfair that these people have a lot of money. Okay, I I get that. I understand that. And I understand that some people don't make enough money to make ends meet. We get that. But the only thing that fixes that is more competition. Imagine how much money all these people, I know that you get your tax refunds back. But imagine if you're in the lower income brackets and there were no taxes being taken out of your paycheck throughout the year. You weren't having that few hundred bucks less every single month. Sure, it was given back to you later, and they didn't give you any of the interest that they made off of it in any kinds of ways. But maybe they give it back to you later. But imagine all the ways that you could actually make things easier on people. Like the guy from the Honoring Ron Paul podcast said while we were on there that we don't even understand the exponential effects that would happen if you removed so much of this taxation and regulation from all the industries. All of these things are symptoms of problems. Not being able to afford things. Some people getting a bunch of wealth when other people don't. When other people don't have it, they're all symptoms of bigger, just bigger issues. Most of this inequality and in wealth, guarantee it comes from the banking system, the Fed, them printing money and injecting it into the stock market, which is where a lot of these people have a lot of their net wealth coming from in the first place. So the Fed prints money taking it from you directly and then in, and then injecting it directly into things that raise those people's net worth. You have banks who have fractional reserve banking. They can loan out 10 times the amount of money they've got in the bank. So you have a lot of money floating around that doesn't even really exist yet. You have all these venture capital people, all these people over in you know Palo Alto and all these places that are just saying that businesses are worth a bunch of money when they really aren't and giving them giving them capital, saying that Uber is worth $70 billion when they've never made a single dollar in profit ever. And there's a lot of this wealth. You can say it's because they've been scraping profits off of the workers and treating them unfairly. A lot of it is honestly due to the banking system and the, and the Federal Reserve. And Uber's $70 billion did not come from the workers. They've never produced a profit. Uber has never had a profitable worker. They never have. But they're worth $70 billion. That's because all these firms have valued them at that amount of money, and then they can go out. They've got this capital available. They've got people putting money in the stock market. It has nothing to do with them
1: taking profits from the workers. Yet all the people that actually work for Uber corporate, they get their paychecks. Yeah, it goes into the bank account. Yeah, even though the company's never made a profit. Yeah, but I would go. I would go. I mean, that's really deep. But let's go to something practical people can do today. Okay, you know we talk about. Life, liberty, and pursuit of meaning. And part of that meaning is understanding what you can do to improve your life, given the situation that you're in. So we're in the situation that we're in. And although we advocate to get rid of taxes right now, you, you have to pay them or you go to jail, you know, the government will send you to jail, which is wrong. And somehow, somehow not slavery. However, that's what, that's the predicament that we're in. So what can you do today to improve your life? Let's say that you're a listener and you're in the lower income bracket, maybe. And you have a couple of kids and you do get money back every single year. You know, I was at the gas station the other day <clears throat> checking out and as, I, as I came up to the counter. One gas station attendant was saying to the other, oh, man, I can't wait to get my taxes back. Like, we're going to get a new TV and we need to go shopping. How about you take your two, three, four thousand dollars, whatever you get back from the government, and you just put that into an investment account? Yeah. And how about you do that for twenty five years? See where you end up, you might be a millionaire.
0: You probably would be a
1: millionaire. You would be a millionaire. Yeah. So maybe like take a couple hundred bucks and splurge on something, which by the way, I just went to Sam's Club and I almost bought a TV because they have a freaking 70-inch like OLED beautiful TV. You know we got the game coming up on Sunday. Yeah. It was like 649. $649. They had the Samsung 50-inch LED uh HD Smart TV was two ninety-nine. Okay. So take your three thousand dollar tax return, take three hundred bucks out, go get yourself a TV and put the twenty seven hundred dollars into an investment account and uh and then see where you end up in 20 years. One and do that every year. One simple thing. Don't buy a TV every year. You don't need yeah, a TV every year. Don't get a
0: new TV every year. <laughs> I'm not year.
1: saying you can't have some nice material cool things, but everybody waits for their tax return so they can go blow it. I mean in fact Companies make all these marketing schemes based on your tax return. Like, come spend your tax return with us. We'll give you
0: a discount. You think they're all not waiting to run ads on their products
1: right around tax return season? Of course they are. Yeah. You know, well, we use this as a down payment on a new car. Well, do you need a new car? Like, Can you actually afford it and invest in your future and improve your life at the same time? You know, that new car is only going to make you happy for about a month. That's it. Simple idea for becoming
0: a millionaire retiring with a million dollars if you want to do that just just do this six percent of your money gets taken out of your check and goes to medicare go ahead go ahead and sacrifice i know you want some of that money some of your social security money back all that kind of stuff you're not going to get it okay you're not going to get it take another six percent of your money sacrifice six percent of your salary and invest it every single year into the stock market and keep investing a new 6% every single year into the stock market for 20 years. And after that 20 years, you will have a million dollars in a bank account. I have done this test starting on any number of years for people to see what you would have had if you would have had your Medicare money. By the way, if you would have been investing the money that goes into Medicare, you would have had a bank account with a million dollars in it by the time you hit 65, instead of being reliant on the government to pay for things, you would have a bank account with a million dollars in it. Your social security, you'd have a bank account with about $1.3 million in it by the time you're drawing social security, if that money would have been going into that. If any, I did this testing, if you started the year before the Great Depression happened, it still worked, okay? I've tested all of this because as we stated earlier, we do stock stock trading, okay? We've tested this. If you want to have a million dollars and you retire, take, sacrifice 6% of your income and invest it in the stock market every year. Don't worry about whether or not it's going up or down. If it goes down, I'm sorry to say this, buy some more because look what would have happened if you would have been investing before the Great Depression happened. You would have lost, 60, 70% of your value. And then you would have been buying throughout the Great Depression. And then you would have immediately spiked up about 500% in value a few years later. Even if we have a depression, you're still going to come out thousands of percent above what you invested
1: in it. Well, because that, and after the next recession, we'll start the war with Iran. Yeah. And so then we're going to be, you know, the, the stock market's going to go it's back just, up, go
0: massive. Invest in all of the, you know, all <laughs> of the weapons manufacturing companies. There'll be another war sometime. Invest in all your drug making companies, just in case the coronavirus virus starts to hit the U.S. really yeah. hard.
1: You know, I saw this meme today that Corona changed their name. <laughs> yeah, because I saw of that. They changed their name to Ebola. Yeah, Ebola extra. <laughs> <The> Ebola extra. <laughs> <laughs> so good i'm oh, just man. telling you guys there's practical solutions you can do right like look we obviously advocate for things to be better but in the market one of the things i love that gary v said for whatever you guys agree with him or not but like the market's the market are you going to sit there and complain about it, or are you are you going to do something about it like what is in your control right now that you can practically take care of to better your life, give yourself more freedom, more Liberty, more opportunity for yourself and for your family to be the best person you can possibly be, which in turn will make your kids the best people they can possibly be. Although you don't really have that much control, but you should do whatever you can to be the best person for your family to set them up for success. And if you set yourself and your family up for success with whatever means necessary that you can do, maybe you won't be a millionaire in your life, but maybe your kids will. Yeah, this is how evolution takes place. I always said I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine who's going to school for economics right now. we were talking about the minimum wage. And it's like, you know, if there was no minimum wage, like these homeless people would be taken advantage of, you know, they would pay them, you know, a dollar an hour or two dollars an hour to do work. And it's like, look, maybe, maybe they'll only pay them two dollars an hour. But what about their kids? Yeah. What if homeless man A and homeless woman B they both get the $2 an hour job and together they make $4 an hour. Now they're able to afford at least maybe a tiny home. If the government hadn't you know, gotten rid of that. And then they have a kid and they're able to, you know, have the tiny home and raise a kid. And then he's able to get, you know, a job making $5 an hour. Plus they're making $4 an hour combined. And then they're over time. They're going to get raises because they're doing a good job and they put pride and work into it. It's like, maybe they'll get up to, you know, 10 or $15 an hour in their lifetime. And then their kid has the opportunity to to get up to 20, 30, 40 dollars an hour and then their kid like it can keep going. Well,
0: you realize you give people the opportunity to let evolution take place. You realize inside of that guy's argument where he said you can't get rid of the minimum wage because they would take they would take advantage of homeless people and they would only pay them a couple dollars an hour. Inside of that argument, what that guy is saying is that I would rather the homeless people be making 0 dollars an and hour. And stay homeless. I've decided That I would rather homeless people be making nothing than something. Right. And I'm going to make that decision. That's what he's saying when he says that, is that zero is better than something. And he gets to make that decision for them, apparently.
1: It makes no sense.
0: Yeah. It makes
1: zero.
0: It doesn't make it just just don't make no sense. No, man. Okay. Um, guys, thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. Once again, you can support your very own Facebook ad on something that you care about, whether or not it's taxation, pro-liberty, pro second amendment, whatever it is that you want to talk about. You can go to gmlconnect.com, click on support the show. We'll talk back and forth. We'll put whatever that donation amount is towards your very own Facebook ads on our Facebook page, getting this message of liberty out there. Stop complaining about this crap and actually do something about it. Okay? Put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where our mouths are and we will really really appreciate that. So go to gmailconnect.com.
1: Yeah, and then afterwards you guys can complain about how we're the owners. Yeah. And you guys are the slaves, you know, <laughs> yeah, working for us. Exactly. But we've built up the infrastructure to get the word out. Like this we've already done all the work for you. Yeah. Now all you got to do is just put a little money towards it. That's yep. it. You don't have to get on camera and talk like we do, you don't. you don't have to get ready and, you know, make sure the place looks good. Yeah. You know, put on a nice shirt.
0: You can do a podcast if you want to. It's yeah, not that you can, by the way, I mean, we, I've got this thing on the desk right here. This, this microphone right here costs $35 on Amazon, $35 that whole setup. This stand was six dollars. So we've got roughly forty-two dollars, something overall with taxes. Maybe it came to forty five. We've got that much money. Free, invested. Shipping.
1: free shipping on Amazon, because you're a prime member. Right here. So it's free, right? Okay.
0: <laughs> we tested this microphone. It sounds amazing. It, I was blown away by how good this microphone sounded. I was actually a little bit upset because... Well, what do you know
1: about audio, though?
0: I, I wouldn't know anything about audio. <laughs> There's no way I'd know anything about that. Um, I tested this. I might use it for the podcast tomorrow, actually, just to make the point. We might, I might do it because it sounds amazing. This is $45 worth of equipment right here.
1: How much okay? is the mic you're talking on right now?
0: this microphone was what was it it was maybe 400 yeah, something 350 like that. or 400 yeah. i
1: think is what that one is. right
0: around 400 the stand was 100 just the stand yeah okay so uh, i'll talk on this microphone tomorrow if you want to have a podcast if you want to get yourself out there there's there's really no excuse your phone which costs a thousand dollars by the way has got a very expensive microphone in it very expensive You can go on the GarageBand app or on the Anchor app and start recording things that you care about and release a podcast for free. And they'll they'll bounce it out to all of the different podcast distribution channels. This is a free ad for Amazon Microphones and Anchor. But guys, the point is, there's no excuses. There's just no excuses. No excuses play like a champion, okay? You gotta get out there, and if you actually want something, you're gonna have to do the work. You're not gonna get something for free you're not going to get something that you have not earned that you have not worked for even if someone says it's free and put it in a box and stamp free on it you paid for it somehow so you better start finding a way to pay for it somehow
1: yes you can do all of that or if you don't want to do any of that yeah <laughs> give us your money that's what we were saying at the beginning of this <laughs> give us your money and yeah. we'll do it for you because that's a, that's how nice of a guys that's how nice guys we are those yeah. are those are the qualities of nice guys
0: and if you don't give us your money we'll lobby to the government to create a regulation that says you're forced to give us money and then you'll get put in jail if you don't give us the we're money we're going to
1: advocate for podcast regulation yeah the, <laughs> so where the we'll it benefits
0: be. where it benefits <laughs> us and uh, i mean that's basically what all the other regulations are so what's wrong with that yeah what's no, wrong with that no problem kidding yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway another way to support this show guys share it with a friend um, numbers keep going up it's pretty awesome We uh, absolutely love doing this. It's why we do it every single day. So share the show with at least five friends and leave us a rating and review on Facebook, on iTunes. Um, It really helps the algorithms and all that kind of stuff. So leave us a rating and review wherever you want to do that. Five stars if you think the show is worth it because it is. And if you guys do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Do this all over again. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning or afternoon. Liberty.